You're listening to the Bridging the Gap podcast, hosted by Doris. Hi everyone, and welcome to the Bridging the Gap podcast. Uh, I'm Holly from Doris, and this is Ben. Hello. So, um, first of all, thank you very much for having me on. Uh, My I'm pleasure. Absolutely stoked to be on this thing, as you can probably tell by our interactions that we've had in the past few minutes. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm really glad to be here. Thank you very much. Um, so. Uh, my name's Ben. Uh, I am a, a senior systems engineer here at ShopDirect, so that's the, the sexy title, but I'm essentially an Android developer, so I code the Android app for Varian Littlewoods here, and that's my sort of uh, BAU, business as usual day job, if you like, yeah. Great, and I hear that's a, a, a recent promotion as well. Yeah, thank you very much, thank you very much. Yeah, no, it's good. Um, I, yeah, I'm, I'm just I'm shocked myself, really. It's kind of, it's kind of nuts. <laughs> I've been here for two and a half years, and in that time, you know, without tooting my own horn too much, I've got two, two promotions, so that's, that's amazing. Cool. I came in as, as an associate and I'm now a senior, so it's like... That's, that's awesome. Yeah. That's, well, we worked together, didn't we? In the, we in did, the days, we yeah. did, yeah, it was very good times back was, when yeah. I was doing the health and wellbeing guild. Yeah, 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 of course. And yeah. of course your insane skills in anything creative is Oh, fantastic. thanks, Ben. Honestly, thank you. Honestly, you. It's brilliant, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, how did you, you mentioned before that you had an interesting journey into tech. Do you want to talk a bit about that? Yeah, 100%. So, um, as I was saying before, I think what's really important is for people that are first joining the tech world is to know that things can get messy. Your journey doesn't have to be cut dry, like, you know, it doesn't have to be straight from uni into an office, job done, because mine is a perfect example of how messy and disgusting (laughs) a journey it can be. I have flitted from A to B to C, moved to different countries, I've spent most of my time thinking, what am I doing? Do I want to do this? Hmm, Maybe not, try something else. and I think, yeah, obviously, I'll, I'll take you through it, and if it's too boring, just, just tell me to shut up. But um, uh, one of the main things uh, to point out is that life is too short, and you need to find out, A, what you like doing and what you enjoy doing. But more importantly, if you can do many things and find out what you don't like doing, yeah. then you're crossing things off the list. You're narrowing down that that, that huge thing. And I think that's important to, to point out. It sounds really squishy and cheesy. but No, 100%. Yeah. I um, they're very much the same. Yeah. I mean, you've got to try it out, right? Bartender in a, or, or hotel staff. My story then, I'll, go, I'll sort of go through it. Um, I went to, obviously, high school. After high school, I went to university to do a degree in computer games programming because at the time I was like, oh yeah, I want to make computer games. <laughs> uh, because that's what my life entailed, sitting in my bedroom playing, uh, you know, Xbox, GameCube, whatever, all yeah. of this stuff. Um, and I don't regret any of that. Those, those, you know, th- those things make me. Those, oh, those games, right? And there's a certain logic and and thinking that is involved with playing games. I think, and I think it's quite, oh, yeah. it's quite important. Are you still a gamer now? I am indeed. Yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, I don't get as much time as I'd like to, but the most recent one I've been sort of waiting for Gears of War Four to drop in price. I know it's super old now to drop yeah. in price, but it just has. So I bought it. And I'm just like playing. Amazing. Like, so good, um, I was a big Halo Three uh, fanboy back in the day, but. Uh, Amazing. Anyway, so yeah, I went to uni for computer games programming, um, graduated after that uh, with a first class honours. Oh! And um, afterwards I was like, oh, I don't know what I want to do with my life. So I went into teaching because I actually really enjoy the interaction with uh, kids and young people um, and educating people. Um, And sort of side to that, I have worked uh, for three separate summers. Um, in America, in Camp America. So oh, okay. as a first two years were as a circus specialist. Wow. Because again, like my life is a complete just mess. It's a petri dish of different things. Um, I, I, have, I have too much free time, so I sit there at home juggling or Diablo or walking on stilts. So that happened. Um, so yeah, there was definitely this sort of passion for educating and um, teaching and getting involved with young people and trying to inspire them to just do some crazy cool stuff and yeah. to again, figure out what they like doing, figure out what they don't like doing. So yeah, anyway, so did teaching. Um, after I did my teaching, I passed my uh, teaching uh, PGCE uh, with an outstanding and <laughs> uh, the old horn. Uh, you solid marks across the board so far so much. Yeah, it just depends how much you pay people. So. <laughs> I'm, I'm kidding, I'm joking. Um, anyway, so yeah, so after teaching, I was like, oh, damn. I don't want to be a teacher, uh, and I'll explain why. I think, you know, we're getting a little bit political now, but teaching in this country is a little bit broken, and it's okay because we, we, we sort of just, we need to say that out loud. Um, the education 
industry or branch of government is a bit broken. Teachers do not get paid enough for what they do. They work absolutely ridiculous hours and yeah. put in far too much work. And I'm just not that noble. So I, I loved the interaction with the kids and the teaching part was so much fun. You get to build such cool relationships and see all the inspiration and stuff. And kids are like, oh, I want to make games. Or, oh, that's amazing. I want to make websites. Um, and that was great. But the politics, the paperwork, the having to work from, you know, I don't know, some crazy time in the morning to like eight o'clock at night yeah. to prep lessons for the next mm. days, next week. I've been told by teachers that apparently that gets easier once your lessons are all planned, but then it made me think, well, hang on, if your lessons are all planned, then you're never updating your curriculum, you're never catching them up to date, which is what you need to do in the tech industry. 100%, that's something that I was, I was gonna um, bring up. Uh, I, I spoke to some teachers recently um, and they were sort of expressing their pain about how it's really difficult when they work such long hours to keep on top of what is fresh in the industry yeah. when they're teaching, you know, because they're not immersed in businesses where tech is, is running as fast as it does, mm -hmm. they're teaching it, so it's quite difficult to keep on, on top of it. Did, in your short stint as, as teaching, did you now, experience? You're 100% right, that is 100% on point. You can't keep up with the tech industry because you are doing uh, crazy hours, you're teaching maybe 40 kids in one class and having to mark all the homework, having to grade tests for SATs and yeah. GCSEs and all that kind of stuff. There is no time to actually think about the stuff that you're teaching them and I think that is crazy town banana pants. Um, I mean, I was back when uh, I was doing that, when was that, 2012, 13, something like that. Um, I was still teaching them Microsoft Office packages and stuff, like yeah. Excel spreadsheets, and I thought, what on earth? Uh, just then, when I started, they'd started bringing in um, Scratch, so you know, there's the like drag-and-drop program-your-own-game-with-a-cat logo thing. Yeah, uh, yeah. Really cool, great idea, but they didn't even use it to its full potential. It's like, it, it was such a letdown to me, and I was just like, this is not part of, I don't want to be part of this thing currently in the state that it's in. Um, so many other countries do it far better. They actually get kids programming in, you know, uh, Python and Java and stuff like that. Um, and in fact, fun side fact there, um, last year, I think it was, uh, myself and a colleague of, of, of here went to a school nearby in Liverpool to do a 12-week Java course. Brilliant. So the schools are actually now slowly figuring out well, you know, we're not giving these technical people the skills that they want to to actually progress in their career. It's only, you know, when I hit uni that I actually learn anything yeah. about Java or object-oriented programming or anything that um, is industry standard nowadays. And yeah, it's just, it's sad. Um, but I think, hopefully, things are changing a little bit. Yeah. But I'm not sure. We'll see. I hope so. Yeah. What was the, what was the uptake like when you taught the Java course? Um, so it was good. Um, immediately, it was really good. We had, was it 20-something students, so they, it's basically an after-school course, so they had to sort of, you know, dedicate their own time to it, yeah. um, and uh, over the 12 weeks, unfortunately, it did drop off a little bit, but uh, during the um, 9th, 10th, 9th, 10th, and 11th, I think, week, anyway, towards the end, uh, was when they the GCSE uh, kids started having their GCSEs and then uh, locks yeah, and priorities. Exactly, yeah. so they just, they stopped coming and we were like, you know, fair enough, we can't, you know, you can't fault them, they have to put their education first in that situation. Uh, but yeah, from what we had in the first few weeks, it was great. We had them making their own little um, Zork game, so you know the whole, um, um, you, you see a tree in front of you that is uh, oh, tangled left okay. and right, there's a path to your left and to your right, which one do you take, that sort of like thing. Like D&D-esque. Exactly, yeah, d, &D yeah. <laughs> um, But yeah, like a write your own, a read your own adventure game, whatever it was, type yeah. thing. And they, they seemed to really like it, so, and the, the, the teaching aspect of it, again, was like a, a fire in my belly, so just love that sort of stuff. Mm. Um, but yeah, so that, that was great, and uh, anyway, yeah, that's, you know, education, uh, uh, Whatever, you know, <laughs> hopefully, you know, my fingers are crossed, I believe that um, it will change only because it has to change because otherwise, as a country, our education system is completely done and dusted. Yeah. We, we've, we're going nowhere. Um, but anyway, that's quite political and I'll jump away from that. But yeah, so I did my stint as a teacher. Uh, and then afterwards, um, I again was like, oh, okay, so I don't want to be a teacher, what do I want to do? And I, was, I decided, you know, uh, as I said before, teachers do loads of work and don't particularly get paid well. That's another, that's another big problem. And I'm just, I, I, I like money, so <laughs> I like to be uh, compensated for the work that I do. No shame in that, yeah, then. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, so I was like, right, cool, well, I'll use the skills that I learned in uni and try and do something with it. 
So I uh, became an IT technician as a sort of as a as a starting point um, to get sort of back into the tech industry, and and actually I got that gig from um, a brief stint where I, after I finished teaching, I was like. Um, well, I'm going to be a supply teacher for a while because what else am I going to do? So just to sort of bridge the gap was like supply teaching and then I was at school uh, where they were like, oh, actually we need an IT technician and you've got all this stuff on your CV. I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, get me in, let's do it. Um, so I'm so fortunate for that position because I think that was the, the bit that sort of made me realise, yep, tech, coding, getting involved with computers, hardware, software, that's where I need to be. Yeah. Um, so that's, it's just great. Anyway, so there I was doing all the IT technician stuff, you know, fixing computers, fixing user login problems, resetting passwords 50 <laughs> times a day. Um, but also started doing some Android app development and that's where um, the, sort of the first time I actually got hands-on with Android app development. Oh, I hadn't really? done it in university at that point. Um, and we had an app basically where um, we had three trolleys of Chromebooks basically that needed pedaling around the school, putting into different classrooms as and when they needed it. Okay. And we got lost, those trolleys got lost often because like, oh wait, were they in C12 or were they in C10? Yeah. Oh, I have to check both rooms. I remember that very fondly. Right? It's crazy. <laughs> um, it's, you know, three trolleys is not a lot to remember. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, so there was, a, there was a problem that needed solving and an app uh, that basically just, uh, when the technician dropped the trolley off, they said, it's in C10 or whatever, click a button, put stores it in a database, then the next technician comes, they're like, where is trolley? Look at app, there it is in C10, yeah. job done. So that was sort of the first bit. Um, and I, I had, I had the, the previous version of the app that they had built already, had to decompile it into like dirty, messed up Java, um, and then rebuild it with, uh, you know, to, to fix the problems, add the new features and stuff. So that was the, the first bit of that. And that was great fun, um, and it seemed to work pretty well. Uh, as a first stint, um, and then so yeah, as I said, it gets it gets even messier. Sort of, um, I decided that I'm going to move to Germany for for love. Um, <laughs> yeah, so my girlfriend is uh, is German and lives in Germany. So yeah, I moved over and didn't move over with a job. I was like, right, I'm just going to move over. Wait a minute, I've skipped a bit here, haven't I? I have skipped a bit. Uh, we'll come back to it in a minute anyway. Um, so at that time I moved to Germany and had no job and sort of looking for jobs and I got picked up by this startup company that does app development and that was really, like, really fortunate. I was there for like a year and a half, two years. Yeah. Um, and that's where the sort of first parts of actual app production development happened for me. We didn't use, you know, for any listeners that are sort of uh, know a bit about app development. We didn't use like native app development. We didn't use the Java and, and you know nowadays Kotlin code. Um, we used hybrid app development, so you could write one code base that would work for both Android and iOS. Um, so you write it in HTML, JavaScript, and CSS, and you stick a framework on it, and then bang, okay. you build it for both platforms. And that was really cool because it showed me a how you make apps and put it to the public, you know, the whole Play Store integration, all that kind of stuff, and B, how hybrid app development is awful and no one should ever do it. <laughs> um, I mean, I think, it's, I think it's really useful for startup companies that are trying to just get something going because mm. it's quick and it's fast, but for any company, you know, like now, Shop Direct, um, native is the way that it has to be because there's so many performance issues, you've got so many dependencies in this hybrid world that if one person somewhere in the world changes their dependency that you use, your whole app comes crumbling down and that happened far too often and we were always you know, retroactively fixing stuff as opposed to actually creating cool new features yeah. in that company. What um, was it that the, the apps were? Oh yeah, so um, actually it was quite a cool idea. So in Germany, um, they made apps for fast food or delivery places. It's very much like Deliveroo or right, okay. um, uh, in Germany it's called Lieferando now. It's not the company I work for, but it's called Lieferando. So like delivery um, stuff. Um, and basically they made, they had one code base and they reskinned it for each different client. So pizzeria, uh, one, two, okay, three, yeah. or master pizza, whatever. It was the same code. They just reskinned it and stuck the different menus in the back, yeah. and they resold it. And it was, I think, it was a really genius idea, um, just because of how simple it was for us to take a new client in and go, oh yeah, um, you know, pasta, pasta guy, one, two, three, come in. Here's here's a prototype of your app, bang, and we could show them right there and then, that you yeah. know, without even anything. I thought that was really clever. So uh, imagine if you, you get know. a bug, you can just fix exactly the bug. fix the yeah. whole thing across the board. The yeah. problems then came when certain clients wanted custom features, bespoke features, paid more uh, for different things, and then there was some fun involved with that. But <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a story for another time. Um, 
I've totally missed out a bit of, of the whole mess, by the way, and I apologise for that. And honestly, if I'm going off topic, just no, no, that's all. Um, after when was it? So after I did my PGCE, before going to um, do my technician whole part of it, I actually moved to Germany for I think it was only four months or something like that to become a bartender and work in a hotel. Yeah. Um, because again, at the time after my PGCE, I was like. Oh uh, yeah, no, I don't want to be a teacher. Uh, I hadn't figured out about the whole, um, you know, wanting to use my sort of programming skills yet. So I was like, ah, I've got to go and explore the world and see what's going on. Yeah. That's where I met said girlfriend. I see. That, okay, so now <laughs> it all links up. Anyway, after the four months, I came back, and that's where I picked up my uh, supply teaching and right. um, technician stuff. After that, so yeah. there's the, the bridge and the gap, the missing timeline. But yeah, again, it's just to highlight how messy the journey is really, and yeah. it's, it's, it's if it's straightforward, great. And that's fine, uh, and you know, kudos to any listeners that have that. That's that's maybe cool if that's what you want, but also, it's honestly, people shouldn't worry about having a mess. And maybe, maybe I'm just lucky and I've fallen on my feet. But if that's the case, I've fallen on my feet five or six times, and I'm some crazy lucky that I don't yeah. exist. So I think just try things, you know. So how did you end up at Shop Direct then? Oh yeah, so um, so after the during the the it's called AppSmart, the company in Germany that I used to work for. Yeah. Um, I was actually towards the end, I was actually headhunted by Shop Direct. Oh, brilliant. Yeah, which is it's really cool and definitely inflates the ego. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I got a random call out of the blue, like, oh hey, we've seen your LinkedIn profile and uh, we're we're looking for uh, associate developers. Are you interested? I was like. Um, huh, mm, let me have a difficult conversation with the girlfriend um, and um, come have an interview and I had the interview and we talked about it and um, yeah, I, we sort of decided that I should come here, it's a great step for the career um, and I'm really glad that I did, it's an awesome, awesome place to work, yeah. you know, obviously I'm quite biased but it is, it's it's innovative, it's forward thinking, it's it's really cutting edge stuff now, it's, it's exciting to be here. Um, I mean, it's changed a lot. So I was on assignment at Shop Direct through Doris, uh, probably t uh, finished about a year and a half ago, mm -hmm. maybe two years ago, uh, and it's changed so much. Coming two years then. ago, shortly, right? Uh, coming on two years. Mm -hmm. yeah. Okay. yeah. Um, it's changed so much. Mm -hmm. You know, like the culture's changed so much. Yeah. And we started the a, a transformation when I when I was here. I think it jump started a few times. Uh, as I'm sure you've heard the stories. Yeah. I heard the stories. Well, they tried to do this mass company transformation, and it, it's a lot about culture and buy-in and stuff and getting it right. Yeah. Um, but now, you know, you, you were saying before um, we started the recording that there's a lot of tribes spun up now. And yeah, stuff like that. yeah. So, yeah, absolutely right. So, at the moment, there's this uh, new push to sort of um, change the way we're working so that we are more, and in invert quotes, uh, you know, agile. So, we are more agile. And I think, yeah. um, one, we're doing it really well now, or we're starting to do it really well now, and that's quite exciting. Um, but two, the as you're saying, the tribes and squads have really been spun up now. So, back when it was, you know, when you said the first transformation happened, yeah. we sort of had a first crack at it. Um, we sort of used the Spotify model, um, and, you know, it, it worked well, uh, but we hadn't really figured it out 100%. But now, there's a second crack at it, and we're spinning up tribes that are, instead of based on certain features of the app, for example, uh, basket or whatever, uh, their tribes being spun up now on parts of the user journey. Um, so, for example, one name like global and landing is part of the user experience that is how the user actually gets put onto our websites or gets put onto our apps or what happens when they first hit the page. Yeah. What do they see? How do they experience it? How do we... Um, make the how do we tell them that you know we've got this cool experience how do we sort of excite them and, and give them inspiration into what to buy and to shop for all this stuff so that's an example of a tribe or a squad that we've got that's spun up and a bunch of others are spinning up now um, and it's a really exciting time and in fact uh, as I was saying before we started recording uh, those teams now are sort of getting Again, we're sort of thinking about it in sort of this Spotify way it's like the industry uh, known you know really well. Um, implemented version of Agile, I suppose, but you know. And for those who don't really know much about the Spotify model, there's some great videos online, isn't there? About Absolutely, it. yeah, yeah, great ones. Yeah, yeah. It just sort of showing off the the, the office and how um, their creative space actually helps. You know, you know, you think like oh, sofas and plants and stuff. What does that actually benefit? <laughs> but actually, the creative and chilled environment mm. enables those uh, those developers, the designers, the POs, the, the DMs, all those sort of people to be more creative and to actually 
definitely. Create cool stuff. Yeah. 100%. And I think the ability to move away from your desk and get that different environment for mm. half a day, go to a cafe or sitting in a different part of the, the massive building that we're in, can really just sort of shake up your mindset a little bit. Absolutely. It's all it about changing perspective, right? Because yeah, you've got 100%. one perspective, you're focusing just like, for example, on the app, you're focusing on ABC, but there's all these other letters, all these other things going on, and you, you've got to find a way to break that perspective, otherwise you're never going to do anything yeah. innovative. So that's that's the sort of things that happen at the moment. And those teams that are getting spun up or created uh, are getting now their own sort of area, I suppose. So some hot desking area that yeah. you can switch around who and where you're working next to. Um, areas with whiteboards, areas to stand up, areas with sofas and stuff to be creative and to, and to explore and to change perspective and to break context. Um, and it's really exciting. It's yeah. very cool. I, I feel like I'm, I'm plugging shop directly. I'm <laughs> slightly... It's an awesome place to work, it is. isn't it? Yeah, exactly. We can both see it. You can attest to that, right? It's, it's cool. Um, yeah, definitely slightly biased, but it's, uh, yeah. nah, it's, I wouldn't want to be anywhere else. It's, it's cool. And, yeah. you know, it's, it's at the point where you know, sure, we you know we're 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 honest and open. Sure, we don't do everything hundred percent right. I don't think any company does anything hundred no. percent right. But we are we know that, and we're a, 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 we are woke to it. We are aware. Yes, it's that a buzzword alert. Buzzword. Fail fast environment. There we go. Fail fast environment. Absolutely, you should feel safe to fail. Yeah. So quickly, so that you can look at that, appreciate it, change the way you do quickly again, so that you get stuff out of production. And these things are becoming cliches, but they're becoming cliches for a reason because it is so true. Mm -hmm. If you just if you give employees the ability to try new things and you know if it doesn't work out it doesn't work out yeah. then you know you move on to the next thing but if, 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 if they're scared to fail mm -hmm. they're, they're never going to be innovative 100 percent. and on to that point actually you, you make a really good point and um, they should be given the i think the words you said was something like they should be given the opportunity to fail like they should be given a space where they can mess around or play yeah. stuff we actually have something called i think you probably remember it, innovation time yeah. yeah so we're given i'm not sure what the actual numbers are but i think it's a, it's a day a month um to basically break away from our normal business coding stuff that we're doing and actually try a new feature, experiment with something new. You know, like we were saying, the teachers don't get, if teachers had this innovation time, things would be very different, yeah. but we actually get it. Um, and we basically go read about a new feature or play with a new framework or code base that we've heard all about, see if it could fit into our ecosystem um, or create um, anything, anything else to do with anything, basically. It's, it's, you know, there's no blockers on it, there's no like, you must do this. It's free time to um, explore, and it's with the idea that you know maybe what you make, what you learn, could be brought back here just to increase things, make enhance things, make things better. And on that, um, again, to, uh, to the own, own horn, I apologise so much about that. But um, <laughs> in one of our in the app team, we have this dashboard, basically this big monitor screen that has a bunch of information about our. Um, current app builds, so if they've passed or failed the test, the unit test that we have on them. Um, we have a, a, a basically a server pinger that says, hey server, are you alive um, or not? And we just have red or green for that. Just simple things like that. That dashboard was actually created from innovation time and it's now something I mean, that every single day, me and my benefits, colleagues, exactly, yeah. me and my colleagues will turn our heads, look at the dashboard and get the information that we need in split seconds as opposed to having to you know, go to a browser and um, you know, contact the server to see if it's up or down, we can just turn our heads and go, ah yeah, green, it's up, or ah no, red, it's Amazing. down. Exactly, stuff like that. And that's why innovation time is huge. And I think yeah. every company needs to be doing that or starting to do that now. So. Yeah. It, yeah, it's an absolutely fantastic idea. Yeah. Why do you think that the transformation didn't take off quite as well as this time around? It's a good question. And um, I think it was just because of a, um, it was an immediate culture shock. So yeah. the ways people had been working, it was like a, you know, like a, bath bomb had just been thrown in and everyone was like, oh my god, everything's changing, what's going on? <laughs> yeah. um, people hadn't fully been prepped about Agile and the Agile ways of working. People and teams, I guess, were sort of half doing things, half not doing things. And when you haven't fully bought into a thing, and especially Agile and Agile ways of working, yeah. then it's bound to fail. And I, it, you know, it, not that it did fail, I think you know, it was just slow to spin up. There was a big education piece about making sure that everyone knew what the ceremonies were for Agile. Uh, you know how it worked, how you, you, you know all the all the good agile stuff, and there was the education piece really should have been many, you know, beforehand. It didn't meet the standards that we have now. Yeah. Because it's a curve, though, exactly, it? yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, yeah, for those reasons, I think it was just because it was an immediate shock, yeah. and people weren't really ready for it. Yeah. Yeah. I listened to a really great talk by Louise Elliott the other day. 
and she was talking about transformation cultures and how sometimes the buy-in can be quite difficult mm. and I know that we experience that to an extent here at Shell as I'm sure every company that goes through a transformation does and she made an incredibly interesting point where she said that she would recommend putting a little bit of time in with the people who are really up for it, who are really excited about it, because they don't need much time. Mm-hmm. Um, putting a lot of time in with that middle group who are a little bit wary, um, who just need some guidance. And then there's that inevitable group of people who don't really like change, which, you know, it's just, a, it's diversity, isn't it? There's yeah. different people everywhere. You know, there's inevitably going to be people who, on, who are opposed to change. And she said, put minimal time in with them, which I think is something that we didn't do first time around because uh, that stubbornness can't be changed. Mm. But as soon as they see other other people really prospering in that space, mm-hmm. they'll naturally follow. Oh yeah, and it's uh, that's such a lovely lesson. I think that I is, really like is, that. That is really cool. Yeah, hundred yeah, percent. The, the, there's a lot of devs that sort of fit, fit into that sort of final category because mm. I guess some of the the mindset of devs is you know I want to write code. Uh, I, I'm not too fussed about what's going on around me. I, I know that I have to write code ABC, so yeah. why, why sort of slowing down? But the, the Agile manifesto and principles are there to sort of encourage actual entire team process and production and yeah. actually get good things out there. So yeah, no, that's really cool. I like that a lot, yeah, yeah. normal time. And it's, it's again, it's like a, a one shouldn't fit all scenario. I'm not, 100%, I'm not yeah. saying that right, am I? It shouldn't be like that, and I think, actually, Back to your previous question, why it sort of failed the first time around is because we adopted that approach. We were like, oh yes, this one thing will fit all of us, full yeah. stop. And I think we've learned now that actually um, different teams do it slightly differently. And I think yeah. that's okay because you need to cater to your teams and the people that are in your teams. Um, and I think we finally, we sort of figured that out. You know, we're doing yeah. things slightly differently, slightly tweaked. Um, it's yeah. that scary devolution of power, isn't it? That, yeah. I guess, that, which is, you can see it now, that people have been a bit more liberated in Shop Direct and it's really flourishing because of it. Absolutely. Which, yeah. I think you're right, yeah, yeah. 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 It's going to be really interesting to see what comes up the next few months. Yeah. See what comes out, but yeah. 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 So, cool. have you got any uh, advice for people who are maybe thinking about getting into tech who haven't come through a conventional route? Sure, okay, yeah. Um, so, okay, initial advice would be. Um, always be learning. Yeah, um, that's some great advice, right? Which <laughs> sounds really silly, uh, but actually, the tech industry is possibly one of the most strangest ones to get into. I mean, I can't speak of any other industry because I don't particularly know it. But like, you know, other industries, if you go into it, you have the skills and you'll be using those skills. Yeah. Full stop. The tech industry, you'll have some skills, and by the time you hit industry, they're out of date. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. Things have changed completely. Incomparably to what you knew before, so you always need to be learning, and um, that can be done. In fact, one of the most ways that I've learned is through like YouTube videos and stuff yeah. like that. And most of my dev learning outside of actual university theory has been YouTube videos, which is nuts. And you've um, just recently set up your own YouTube channel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Free plug, I'll take it. Uh, yeah, I'm, are you okay if I plug it? Yeah. Um, yes, I have. Thank you very much for saying it. Um, yeah, I've set up my own YouTube channel. I, I'm not, uh, I guess it took me too long to do. It's something I've wanted to do for a long time. I've had a lot of um, worries about imposter syndrome and yeah. about, you know, how dare I do that? What, what on earth do I know that I could tell people? And I think finally I just decided, no. I, you know, <laughs> sorry, I can, I can do this. I know these things. Uh, I should do it or just give it a go at least, right? Fail fast, right? So I just, I decided, right, post it, post the videos and uh, I've just been overwhelmed with the real positive stuff that's happened to it, so. I mean, there's some great content on there and, and anyone <laughs> can pull <laughs> <Blushing>. up flowers. <laughs> but how will our listeners find it? Um, yeah, so uh, good question. And that's something I'm currently working on a little bit more at the moment. But if you go to YouTube and just type Ben Cadell, so K-A-D-E-L, um, Ben obviously B-E-N, uh, you'll find uh, one of my videos will be the first to pop up. My channel there is has got the sort of slogan, um, tech tutorials and twaddle, and it's because <laughs> I don't want to be uh, sort of pigeonholed. Is that the right word? Anyway, I don't want to be sort of cornered into one area of tech. I want to be able to talk about technologies, new things that are coming out, old things. I want to give tutorials about how to use things. So at the moment, there's a lot of tutorial videos about the terminal and Unity commands and stuff because I'm 
big fan of that stuff. Yeah. Um, so, and I'm I sort of right over my head. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm trying to just get content out there just to sort of make a name for it. And there's also the twaddle, you know, the twaddle in inverted commas side of it is me doing some talks. So I've talked about the differences between like associate software engineers and yeah. uh, seniors and principals and all that kind of stuff just to give um, a flavour to sort of the, the people that are new to the industry. And I think, I think. I'm going to have to eventually one day find a bit of an area that is my own. Like, I'm going to have to figure out what I want the channel to be for. Why? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know. I guess SEO reasons, but I yeah. shouldn't conform to that. Um, but yeah, no, you make a really good point. I, I don't know. I just want it to be open and free and sharing. And I think, um, you know, uh, I, I don't know. T talk about everything. Talk about how new people get into the industry, talk to people that are many years in the industry, like how they should break their perspectives and context yeah. change and maybe, you know, one of the, hopefully the next videos um, that I'm going to record is about imposter syndrome um, and about how it affects everyone and in fact, you know, it's, it, uh, people may not immediately see this on the surface of me, but I definitely suffer with imposter syndrome, just yeah. the, the fact that constantly every day I'm like, whoa, <laughs> how did I trick trick people into giving me this job and uh, this title? <laughs> I have no idea. When's the, when, who, when are they going to figure me out? Um, and it's, it's, kind of a, it's kind of crazy and a lot of people do really great talks about it um, and I, I sort of want to have my say on it. And in fact, um, one, of the, one of the things about my YouTube channel that's kind of weird and links to imposter syndrome that I'll probably mention in the video is that I've done loads of videos on like the terminal and Unix stuff which is like nothing to do with my day job, like almost nothing to do with my day job, it's just fun stuff that I did inside. Yeah. And Android, which is my day job that I've done for like four years, I've done no videos on because I'm like terrified that, oh my goodness, I'm, you know, I have no idea what I'm talking about, but wait a minute, I code this every day, so what on earth's going on? So this, I'm still having this internal imposter syndrome yeah. battle with myself. And I just, I keep, I've got so many ideas for like Android videos and I'm just like, Mm, no, not today. Maybe next week I'll, I'll conquer the beast. But it's um, it's so important to talk about it though because it, it affects so many people. Yeah. Loads of people don't talk about it either, and they just yeah. sit and and silently panic. Yeah. <laughs> it's 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 really weird that people don't talk about it. And I think there's this maybe a stick. I may be wrong. I have no idea. But there's maybe a stigma about um, people sort of admitting to their colleagues or whatever that they don't know that thing or yeah. you know that they need help on this thing. And as the years go by, maybe you're thinking like, wait a minute, no, I'm a senior now. I can't ask uh, colleague X about this because I should know that already. Yeah. And it's nuts. And that definitely feeds into the imposter syndrome. And it's, it's, it's grim and we need to get out of that. And I think, I think if uh, employers and uh, uh, companies can make an environment where failing and it's all, it all ties together. It's beautiful. Yeah. It all ties together. Where <laughs> failing and learning and collaborating is at the forefront of everything they do, then people will stop, stop feeling like this. And, yeah. uh, you know, and it's sort of a, 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 an announcement to the industry, you know, please, if someone asks you a question, never make them feel bad. That's, that's, that's great advice right there. Right, it's just, there's no bad questions. You know, if, if I need to, you know, like what's an easy thing, you know, I, not an easy thing, what's a, so like a simple thing in Android is to create a, I don't know, a text, text layout, whatever, just put text on the screen. If for some reason I've figured out forgotten how to do certain things, I could sit there for three days and uh, and sort of twiddle my thumbs and panic about imposter syndrome and like how I don't know this and how my colleagues are going to scold me. Of course I could Google it and you know relatively quickly find the answer or I could you know maybe the text box wasn't the best example but anyway <laughs> uh, or I could talk to my colleagues and just be like hey I've sort of forgotten how to do this can you just hit me up and without feeling like I'm about to get scolded. Exactly or, yeah. Um, yeah, it's 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 crazy, but yeah, there's a, there's a culture change that needs to happen across the place, and some companies are doing that, and I think we're really starting to kickstart that as well. Like yeah. we're doing this sharing and collaboration um, environment now, where teams are in, intra-teaming, they're they're talking to other people across teams, they're finding who's got what skills, going and asking them questions, and that's huge. And we actually have something, you know, this is kind of information for you that's kind of cool that we've started up recently. We do this thing called Tech Forum now, which is every two weeks we have an hour slot and it's just for the devs and the testers and the people that actually get hands-on with tech and machinery. So yeah. not, you know, the, the, the POs and DMs and the business people are welcome to it, but it's not for them. Yeah. We want to get deep into the technical stuff. And the Tech Forum is basically we, ha we go around asking devs around our business hey, do you want to do a talk on something? Or they'll come to us, hey, can I do a talk on something? Awesome. And it's about anything. We don't, again, it's like innovation time. We don't want it to be strictly about work things or back end or whatever, whatever it is, right? 
it's about anything. We've had talks about uh, AWS certification, Kubernetes. We've had um, talks about oh Gatsby JS and all sorts, all sorts of crazy, wonderful things. And it's brilliant because we're now fostering this collaboration sharing environment where people can just you know, if, even if they're not the most confident presenters, and those are the people that we really want to present to yeah, start with, yeah. so it can help them feel more confident, you know, get rid of the imposter syndrome, yeah. let them see that they have some cool knowledge um, and bring that out of them. So we, you know, we get those people, we stand them up in front of a relatively small audience. It's sort of, it's gone from like the 20s to now the 40s, and we have Skype link as well, so if people don't want to come to the event itself, then they can Skype in and still get the information. We record it and put it on YouTube, Amazing. on the Shop Direct uh, YouTube channel as well. Um, oh, fantastic! So yeah, look for Tech Forum. I'll check it out. Yeah. Yeah, and um, we, I think, uh, do we take a section of or do we do all the talks? Anyway, regardless, I'm not part of the upload process for that. Yeah, so uh, it's really cool, Tech Forum, and I think, you know, it, you know, it's something that we have built ourselves, and it's this. Oh God, I hate, I hate this, but it's a gra grass led. Wait, grass. What's the words I'm looking Grassroot. for? Grassroot-led <laughs> revolution or something like some nonsense <laughs> like that. It's basically, basically we grew it ourselves like as colleagues. Nobody above us said do this thing. We were like, we want this thing and we're going to do it. And that comes from the freedom, doesn't it? Exactly. Yeah. It comes from that environment, the freedom to be able to do that sort of stuff. And we don't, we don't ask for permission. We ask for forgiveness. <laughs> um, but we, yeah, we, we basically book out this bit this biggest this big bit of space um up on the third floor in this building in s1 uh, we move all the chairs so it's like a cinema style event and we just do it we don't, oh, that's we don't care and the rest of us who are in this committee we sort of formed a committee now we go to people again their faces like hey you want to do a talk <laughs> or we now in fact it's brilliant that's what we were doing the first few weeks hey do you want to do a talk and now we're getting emails with the next three or next two or three tech forms fully booked just Brilliant. by people emailing hey i've got this talk can i do it <laughs> yes you can very cool yeah and and it all all ties nicely into this agile this collaboration this in safe environment that all companies should be making and i think you know uh, you know as per the evidence we're doing it we're starting yeah. to do it at least we're doing so back to the subject of mm. how to advise oh people. yeah yes. okay so yeah uh, the first one as i said was always be learning right and um we sort of went off into that big tangent but the one bit that i want to bring it back to is um specifically for devs i can't talk much about other areas of the business i don't know too much about like yeah. bas and, and testers and stuff but for devs there is so much out there that you can use to always constantly be learning. And as I said, the YouTube videos, and thank you for the plug for the Ben Cadell YouTube channel. That's K-A-D-E-L. Shameless now, Ben. So there's, there's that, but there's also um, github.com. So um, maybe people will know about it. If not, I'm gonna, I'll say what it is. So github.com is like social networking um, with code. So what you do is, you make a project with code, any sort of code, uh, HTML, JavaScript, CSS, Kotlin, Java, C++, C Sharp, whatever your code base is, whatever it's about, whatever you're creating, you put it online for other people to see fully transparently your code. And this goes into the um, open source um, theories that exist in the world. So open source is like having your source code open and available for people to read. Yeah. So they're knowing what's actually happening when they install it onto their machines. Anyway, GitHub, is like an online version of this, and anyone can make an account, it's free, totally free, um, and you can go and see other people's projects and you can collaborate with them. So you can download their code, you can make changes and re-upload their code. Um, obviously there's some stuff, permissions and stuff that go into that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you can do that, and that is one of the huge, um, the biggest ways I would say of learning is actually going to a code base. For example, Node.js is this huge thing that exists that is um, like a, Oh, excuse me, uh, like a backend but using JavaScript. And Node is incredible. Any devs out there that are looking to get into the industry, look at Node, even if you're you know, an Android developer or whatever. Node is awesome. Um, Node.js is an open source code base that exists on GitHub. So it's mad because thousands or millions of people use Node.js and the code is fully available on GitHub. You can contribute to it um, immediately. There's um, on GitHub, just type in Node.js, and there is a, you'll see all the code immediately, which is great, and there's a file called contributing.md, so MD is markdown, so it's like um, fancy text for the internet. Um, and you can read the contributing rules, so there'll be things like, oh yeah, you know, don't, don't, I don't know what, what their contributing rules are, but you know, do this, do that, and you can contribute to it yourself today, and that's huge, and that's amazing, that's a great way to learn, and not only is it a great way to learn, but, Nowadays, when um, 
companies are hiring devs in particular, and I know this because I've uh, been part of the hiring process for certain people here, we look at your GitHub page, uh, we look at your GitHub repositories and your contributions, so we see if, hey, has this person, you know, either, you know, either has this person contributed to somebody else's project or have they made their own stuff? And it's sort of like an online um, portfolio yeah. system, if you like. I have, you know, I don't have particularly good repos or anything interesting on there, but I have repos of code that I've messed around with, I've experimented with, I've contributed to a couple of things. Um, that is great for companies to see and that's also a really great learning experience because you're learning not only the obvious thing of how to code in whatever particular framework or language you're working with, but um, you are seeing what real code looks like out there in industry. You know, yeah. for example, Node.js will be industry standard, you know, uh, <laughs> industry standard code, and you'll be seeing how that's laid out, how's that architectured, and learning these things on the sly, on the side, as you're coding as well, which is huge. And I imagine that uh, the fact that you look into people's GitHub profiles alleviates the need for prior professional qualifications mm. and things like that. Because that's something that we hear a lot um, at, at Doris is people complain quite a lot about the fact that so many job ads say, oh, you need three years oh, prior experience. Yeah, and it sucks. Well, yeah, it's, it's ridiculous, it's isn't it? horrible. Uh, one of the funniest things I've seen online, actually, is um, so Swift is language for the uh, iOS apps are made in, right? Yeah. And uh, Swift has been out for I don't know how many. Let's just uh, it's a bad example, but um, for five years it's been out. One job advert that I've seen online that's quite famous is ten years uh, experience in what? Swift coding. And the, the joke what? I think it's on Reddit actually. I think the joke is like, oh right, ten years, but it's only been out for five years. <laughs> How's that possible? Um, and it's just nuts that companies are asking for this. Um, experience as opposed to uh, you know knowledge and I can uh, to be honest I completely understand it because um, it's not just about the fact that you can code because your university or your education or whatever you've got to back that up your git repos github repos can back that up but it's also that you've got like the business acumen yeah you're able to fit into the an industry environment and stuff and I think I think there's a change happening across the industry about that because that just doesn't fly anymore and it's not okay. Um, side note on that actually, for anybody that's in university um, that has the opportunity of doing like a placement year, so a sandwich year, so your third year is instead in industry or whatever, yeah. do that. Don't even consider it. I hesitated on mine to do it but it's the best thing to do. I finally did, I, you know, I did mine and it's the best thing because um, not only do you actually get the real life industry experience that is super useful for you know when you're going into jobs later, but this, it's and again it just feeds into this experience stuff. It's stupid, but it's important. Job employers when they see that you have you know one year in industry experience, that's an immediate plus one yeah, or a tick in a yeah. box. It's not just that you've been in industry; it's the fact that you have got a tick in this box of knows how to talk to business people, knows how to write yeah. emails, knows how to sit at a desk. All this nonsense that goes into it, it's, it's like pre-selection. You've already passed the first stage. So if you've got an industry experience year or opportunity, take it. If you haven't, contact companies and just ask if you can come in. We've had interns, uh, you know, we've had actual interns here for like, you know, the year-long industry placement. Yeah. We have apprentices. We have people that have popped in for three weeks just to sit and shadow developers just to get that experience. and. Those are all huge things, and it's sad because it shouldn't be. But those are all huge yeah. things to stay on CV. Every little counts, and it's it really is every little counts. It's yeah. crazy, yeah, yeah. If if I have you know if I have two CVs in front of me, one of them has uh, you know a week's job experience over the other, and they're otherwise identical. It's really sad, but this is the what you know the one yeah. that has the experience slightly is the one I'm leaning towards, and um, you know personally not myself. Like I would obviously. <laughs> <laughs> backtracking here I would personally try and you know uh, balance the two out but a business will look at the two and they'll value the, the second one over the first one yeah um, but it, like you say it is it is changing uh, to the extent that less and less places um, are asking for massive amounts of experience mm. and, and whatnot which yeah. is just dangerous because you're missing out on so many great oh. great people yeah it's so sad as well. Like um, you know, not not here, but in, in previous places that I've been before. Like um, job interviews, sometimes people are sort of based on their ability to present themselves and talk, yeah. and their confidence. And the more confident ones always sort of 
you know, there's a, there's a psychology that goes into it. I don't know anything about it, but there's a psychology that you maybe prefer the guy that is more mm, sitting upright and confidently speaking as opposed to anyone who can't see Ben right now. Oh yeah, sitting up straight, <laughs> hands on hips, very flamboyantly. It's the best way to be. Um, yeah, and that's 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 it's sad. It's, it's not here. You know, it's uh, there's everything. Everyone's weighted really, I think, quite well and equally here. And as I said, we look into sort of uh, projects that you do in your own time and GitHub and stuff like that. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a cool way of doing it. Um, so onto the, you know, I keep going away from the learning thing, but GitHub, as I said, is a great way to learn. Yeah. Um, having side projects, even if you don't like incorporate GitHub into it, you know, the online part of it, actually having side projects of just making stuff just yeah. to one, flex your skills, like make sure that what you've learned or what you're learning isn't sort of, um, dying out or fading away, you're flexing skills. Even if you're making like a online calculator or if you're making a, I don't know, an app that uh, tells you to drink water every hour or something like that. Something like that is brilliant for keeping your skills up to date but also just to have something to show employers um, when it comes to time to get a job. You say, hey look, and pull out your phone. I made this, how cool is this? Yeah. Um, and then it actually gives the employer something to ask about. Oh, how did you do that? What technologies did you use? What architecture did you use? How did you approach problems? It's it, any employer interviewing will be super happy to have that in front of them, and your side projects will just like two thumbs up from it. Yeah, so. cool. Um, so I move away from tangible ed educational kind of qualifications and whatnot, more to portfolio approach to uh, looking for jobs. Is that kind of yeah, yeah, hundred um, percent. I think the university degree is great. They will teach you the theory. Yeah. But most employers want to see that you can put the theory into practice. Yeah, yeah. And Especially because it is so fast moving. That's it. That's the that's the short and the only version of it really. And awesome. Yeah, and the, you know, as I said, always be learning. Always be learning. Yeah. Um, it's so silly. I learn every day. Like well, I try to learn every day. You know, I unfortunately am a bit a bit pesado, and I sit at home most not most nights, but some nights on my computer learning and reading and stuff. Medium.com, you know, that do the um, articles. People can write articles. Yeah. Incredible. Oh my days. Incredible. Get onto. Medium. There's another one, dev.2, so dev.to right. is another medium-like thing, but specifically for devs. Oh, cool. Um, so that's a really great one, dev.to. Um, anything where you can read, watch, learn, podcasts. Oh, podcasts are so good. <laughs> Speaking of Yeah, yeah, podcasts. Right, podcasts right. so good. Um, specifically for Android, obviously, I'm not, I don't really know too many outside the Android world, but there's um, Fragmented Podcast, which is amazing, and it's two guys that talk about um, new stuff in Android, they keep you up to date, they talk about different coding principles, all sorts of stuff. There's Talking Kotlin, uh, there's, um, you know, more generic ones like Programming Throwdown, um, oh wow, there's, uh, I'm a bit of a, as I said, a terminal Unix nerd, so I like sysadministrivia, and these, that's a bunch of like sysadmin guys that are talking about oh, how their networks are always down, and uh, all this <laughs> stuff, and it's really great because it's, hopefully they're entertaining, but also they're incredibly educational, yeah, and yeah, yeah. on the sly as well, in the, air, in the airplane, which I'm on like most of the time, to put those on headphones, sound cancelling, just podcasts, just like, oh <laughs> yes, oh, that's funny, oh yeah, oh, I'm yeah, so podcasts, yeah. Uh, yeah. If anybody that's listening to this is like a, a dev or interested in getting into the industry, um, I do a lot of work, you know, um, here at Shop Direct, I'm, you know, doing the Android development, but I also try and get involved with um, talent, early talent and recruitment. So I actually go to schools and universities to do talks, um, teach Java, as, as I mentioned earlier, um, get, get involved with like panels and stuff. I try and basically get out there just to see who else is out there and try and like, I guess, sort of fish hook and reel them in, basically. <laughs> it sounds really cheesy, but uh, basically all I'm trying to say is um, reach out to me, hit me up on Twitter if people are interested, and that's Ben underscore Cadell, so K-A-D-E-L. Again, uh, on Twitter or check out my YouTube or whatever you like, just reach out to me. There's You should never not reach out to people if you've got questions, ask questions. Um, yeah, I guess just... Yeah, use people around you. Oh, one one thing, mentors, mentors. Oh yes, mentors. yes. Um, so one of the tips that I give when I go to do talks is find a mentor and stick to them like a bad smell. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, they they may get sick of you and they may they may dislike you immediately, but stick to them and they'll eventually like give in to you. No, I'm just kidding. Um, but yeah, no, mentors are incredible, and everyone should have as many mentors as possible. Yeah. I think if I count mine, I maybe have four or five at the moment. Yeah. Um, maybe they don't know that I consider them as mentors, but they're my mentors. <laughs> so um, in development, in soft skills, uh, you know, in you know, have somebody that is a that you see presenting, and you're like, oh my god, I I, I would like to do that. If you would like to do that, excuse me, spin. Um, 
it, find someone that has the qualities that you want and learn from them, attach to them, talk with them, one-to-ones with them regularly. Um, mentor's amazing. Um, yeah. Yeah, would you agree with that? Oh, 100%. Um, uh, I'm mentored by uh, the Doris director, Chris. Nice. And I've learned so much from her. Um, we've got like a, a panel of mentors at Doris and I've learned from each and every one of them. They're all a fantastic bunch of people. And I, can't, I couldn't agree more. It is one of the easiest ways to learn as well because it's that open culture where you can ask anything, you, there's no shame um, and they've been through it or, uh, and you can ask away and better yourself. And, That's it. Yeah. What's the point in them having all that experience if they can't like, exactly. pass it on? It's, uh, yeah, mental. Great. <laughs> yeah. What do, you, what do you say like is one of the best things you've learned from your mentor? Chris is, a, is brilliantly assertive and that's something that uh, I perhaps struggle with. I am much better at managing workload and being a bit of a better manager, I guess, um, because I've learned so much cool. from her style. Did you learn it from like conversations or just absorbing it, seeing what's going on? Both, both. both. Yeah. yeah. We work fairly closely together and we have regular mentoring sessions as well where we can explicitly talk about this kind of stuff. And it's honestly so invaluable. Mm. It really is so invaluable. Some of my peers as well, a fellow Dorisa, Dom, has been mentoring me on you know HTML and CSS. Nice. Yeah. So I've, I've, I hadn't really touched code before, apart from a tiny bit of HTML in school. Yeah, yeah absolutely. <laughs> I know how to put things in bold, yeah. There you go. <laughs> Making a website, put your name in bold, put yeah, picture yeah, yeah. on it. It's all disgustingly aligned. Yeah, yeah. 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 Absolutely. The HTML stuff, I was just interested. What have you, what have you made with that? Or like, what have oh, you done with that? <laughs> I started making a website. It's, cool. it, it looks a bit sad at the minute, but that's... <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Yeah, yeah. That's um, really cool. It's getting better. It's starting to look a bit neater than it, than it was. Absolutely. But it's very new for me. I'm a creative, so I, I work with the Adobe Suite. Nice. So okay. Illustrator is my thing. Illustrator. Absolutely. Awesome, yeah. Oh yeah, of course it is. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Took me a second to come back. Yeah, 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 yeah. amazing. So. Um, you're incredible at it, by the way. <laughs> oh, thank you, Ben. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so I, I do a bit of freelance sort of branding and stuff like that, and I absolutely love it. And I thought the natural progression of this is is HTML and CSS and be able to put stuff online mm -hmm. um, as a graphic designer. Very cool. Well, on that point, actually, just a thought that I had. Um, for people that aren't like actual programmers, I think it's really useful to have at least a basic scraping of code and what goes into coding. So like for business analysts and stuff and POs and, and DMs, the best PMs, DM, POs, DMs, whatever, the best business people that I've met have always been ones that have at least some understanding of what goes into coding. Yeah. Because they, they become this sort of bridge, they become this translator between the devs and the, the people with the money in the pockets. Yeah. Um, and they say, oh yeah, well, they become this translator and it's, it's amazing. The, the best ones always have some understanding of how code interacts, how devs code. Um, yeah, so looking into code for anybody is, is perfect. Yeah. I think, obviously, with the way the future's going, everything is a machine, everything is AI and machine learning, yeah, and robots yeah. are going to take over. <laughs> um, it'd be great to yeah, defend yourself with code, right, when the robots take over. <laughs> Podcast there you go, yeah, that's it, yeah. <laughs> Defend yourself with codes. That's so stupid, I love it. Amazing. Great, that's awesome. Um, uh, thank you so much. No, thank you for having me. It's been a lot of fun. Yeah, it's been an absolute pleasure, yeah. as always. Thank you very much, yeah, and so to you. Yeah, great, thanks. Awesome, thank you. Um, so, this has been the Bridging the Gap podcast. You can find us on uh, all podcast streaming services. Uh, if you want to get in touch with Doris, we're on Facebook, Twitter, uh, or you can visit us at dorisit.com. Thanks, and see you next time. Bye.